Welcome to Toast in the Morning, your number one podcast for all things sports and more. Here are your hosts Evan and Peter. Enjoy. Hello. How are you? Well, I'm doing great. Welcome back to another episode. Episode? Episode of Toast in the Morning. I'm Evan, also known as Toast, where everyone referred to me as, and I'm joined with no one. Yes, I, it's just me. It's just me this episode. No Pete. So if you already don't like my voice, I'm sorry. But hopefully you can stick around. Hopefully you can stick around. So yeah, so welcome back. Welcome back. It's been about two weeks since our last episode. And, you know, a lot has, a lot has happened. A lot has happened in the sports world. And we're going to dive into some of them. Not all of them. But some of them, because we don't want to be here for an hour and a half. We want to make sure we're in and out, not the burger place. We'll be in, take care of our business, and we're going to sign off for the day. But there is some things I do want to talk about here. And um, so, yeah, hopefully uh, you guys can stick around and hear my opinions. Because we do have a lot to talk about. Before we dive into to obviously, you know, football and week one and make our prediction for week two. I do want to bring up uh, something in the baseball world as uh, myself and Pete are massive, massive baseball fans. And and these rumors and reports of these rule changes have, you know, they've been circulating for the past, you know, six, seven, eight years, pretty much ever since uh, Rob Manfred um, took took charge of as commissioner of the MLB, uh, replacing Bud, uh, Bud Selig. I remember hearing all, you know, pitch clocks and all that stuff since, you know, freshman year of high school. I, I've been hearing it so, so long. And they're, and Manfred's finally got his wish. So this uh, last uh, Friday, uh, September 9th, there was a, um, I'm, I'm looking at this on um, CBS Sports by uh, Matt Snyder. So the, I'm reading this off. Major League Baseball Competition Committee has voted by majority to implement uh, the following, uh, which is larger bases, a pitch clock, and restrictions on defensive shifting. Uh, the league announced on Friday. Did they? He did say the vote was not unanimous, as uh, the MLB announced MLBPA. Excuse me, the MLBPA announced that players on the committee voted against the pitch clock and infield shift rule proposals because, in the words of the union, MLB was unwilling. Uh, MLB was in quotes unwilling to meaningfully address the areas of concern that players raised. Um, so let, let's, uh, let, let's dive into the three things that they obviously did bring, uh, bring in, as I just brought up. One is the pitch clock. Uh, so according to the rule changes clock, the clock will be 30 seconds between hitters. The catcher must be in his box and ready with nine seconds left on the timer while the hitter has to have both feet in the box and and quote be alert to the pitcher within eight seconds of the clock starting. Pitchers can still step off step off the rubber, which would reset the clock to twenty seconds if there's a base runner and fifteen seconds if there isn't. Uh, they're only permitted to do this twice per batter, though. Uh, and their study they said that an average game time uh, reduced uh, by twenty six minutes. And there was an increase in stolen base attempts and stolen base success rates. 
a small base number may relate to the increased size of bases, all that. Uh, so I'll, I'll get, th I'll get through, um, all of them before I get into my opinion, shifting rules. Um, so pretty much they said minimum four defenders, um, and both feet have to be in the, in the boundaries of the infield dirt, uh, upon the release of the pitch, there must be two of the four infielders on each side of second base. So, yeah. And the teams must designate two infielders from each uh, for each side of second base, and they cannot switch. For example, a team can't have a stud defender move back and forth based on the handedness of the hitter. I will get into that part. Actually, I did not know that part, but I'll, I'll get into that part. Uh, larger bases. Um, the bases have been uh, nine, uh, 15 inches square on each side for decades, and they'll be increased to now 18%. Uh, According to a study, the MLB said uh, there was a decrease in base-related injuries by 13.5%. Now, I have a lot – I have uh, mixed reactions, in my opinion, to some of these rules. The only rule I don't mind is the larger bases. I don't mind that. That's totally fine. I, I, know, I saw people that were actually disappointed, upset. I don't get it, personally. It's fine. It, it decreases injuries. That's totally fine, and it could probably – like I said earlier – like the, the article said earlier that stolen bases might see a, an increase and players are, are will, will are willing to risk, you know, getting, you know, stole, stealing a base. I, I think because it feels like stolen bases have been a lost art form in a sense. So, yeah, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. Totally, totally fine with that. Um, Shifting rule. I, I um, I'm mixed. If you told me a year ago, I would have said, I think. Banning the shift is dumb. It's stupid. Why? That's like, that's the part of strategy. And, you know, it's been the game for centuries. Like, why are you taking it out? Now I'm also like, you know, offense is, is dying. Like, it's dead. Like, you know, it's bad. Offenses are just struggling. Um, So I'm kind of mixed. I, I, I'm kind of just, you know, undecided on that one. Honestly, if it, you know, it's passed. I'm like, okay, I guess if it didn't get passed, I wouldn't be pissed or upset or, you know, anything. I'm kind of just, you know, I, it, it was so inevitable that they were going to get rid of that, you know? So yeah, it, it was really inevitable, but like, it, but the rule that said the team must designate two infielders from each side of the base and they cannot switch. I think that's dumb. I really like, at least like have that part of strategy. It's like, okay, can I at least get that? But it seems like they're just flat out. No, you can't do any sort of strategy you just gotta do what you gotta do it kind of sucks i don't like that part i really really don't but oh well i guess like like how can you just like are you really gonna stop that like like, like oh you can't change positions like what that's so dumb in my in my opinion that's dumb that's like the dumbest part of that part uh the one i i just the one rule i do not love I do not like and I'll, I'll probably never I'm not sure if I'll never like it but I've never been a fan of is the pitch clock. I don't like the pitch clock. Um I I just think it's dumb. I really think it's dumb. Baseball, I know it's a long sport and stuff but like it they said it's only 26 minutes. Like if it was like 45 minutes like maybe like an hour like I would be like, "You know what? That's fine." Cuz I think the average length of a game this year, I think it's like three hours like a little over three hours 
so if you're getting rid of 20 minutes, like that's still like close to three hours. So it's like three hours, and like 10 minutes or, or something I saw, but it's like, it's so close to three hours. If you get rid of, you know, if you shave 25, 26 minutes, I think it's stupid. I, I, I'm afraid that it's just going to rush pitchers and just, you know, kind of get in their funk and stuff like that. Look, you know, it's going to, once again, add stolen bases, but I just, I don't like it. I really don't like it. Um, I, I think you can tweak some things, but like just rushing the entire thing. Oh, you got to get this, 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 like there's no game clock in base. There's no game clock in baseball. This is not football. It's not basketball. Who basketball at one point didn't have a shot clock. You can get that. There's no game clock in baseball. Like what? I, I don't like this. I, I really don't. I think it's dumb. I think it's stupid. And it's kind of one of those things that Manfred was definitely on his knees, just like begging, please, please, please. I want this. Like all these rules just scream. Like, like I said, I've been seeing these, these uh, rule changes for years, for years. Manfred has always wanted to implement this always, always, always wanted to, but the MLBPA never really caved in. And unfortunately there was a lockout that happened. And it seemed like that was the only way that he wanted to get his little, you know, well, he wanted it's simple as that. I, I just, I don't like it. I, I flat out don't like those, uh, that rule. I don't like the pitch clock. I don't, I've never, I've never liked it at all. Never liked it whatsoever. Baseball. I know it's long, it's a long sport, but there is no game clock. It it is like the game ends when it has to end. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's so dumb. It, it's just everything that has to be rushed. It, like it's like like what like what happens if if the ball isn't released in 30 seconds? What is there a delay of game five yard penalty? Like what is what's wrong? Do you get like a, a ball? Like that's like I like what is this like? I, I don't get this. I don't get this. Um, so I, overall, the three rule changes, they were inevitable. I I wasn't blindsided. It was, I'm just kind of like, eh, you know, base, bigger bases, I'm fine. Shifting, I'm, besides that one little caveat thing, I'm kind of mixed. Pitch clock, I absolutely hate. I don't like that. So that, that, that that's my thoughts on, those rule changes stuff, I, I don't, like I said, I don't like that pitch clock. I would burn that. Anyway, I think that's enough baseball because I will go on a tangent about the Mets and Yankees. Um, I'm not sure about this episode. If we have time, maybe, but I'm not sure. Uh, we still, still got to get through week one and recap week one and uh, make my predictions for week two. So, um, yeah, so... I know we didn't do a prediction video for week one, but please, I, I did do one. So please bear with me. I know people probably be like, oh my God, like you could have done, you know, you could have gone 60 and 0 or whatever. No, I didn't. I actually didn't. I was close to 500 on my predictions. So, uh, yeah. So please, like we, we did this last year. Like we, we missed a, like a week or two uh, last year and we, and we still did our predictions and we just played a little catch up and, and we kind of went as long as like nothing happened with our predictions. Like we just, we still made our predictions. We just missed the week or two of recording. So it's kind of the same thing. I still made predictions. I'll tell you my predictions of week one, um, what I was right with and what I was wrong with. Uh, and then we'll, I'll go, we'll, we'll uh, preview week two. So we'll go quickly game by game. 
go a nice little pace. Uh, so yeah, week one is in the books, and man, was that fun! It was a fun, fun week, especially that those Sunday games. But you know what? That wasn't fun and quite boring. That Thursday night opener, Buffalo and the Rams. Um, yeah, Buffalo are good, aren't they? I just, I'm, I'm so just, I'm so fed up. Like, I just can't. Just watching the Patriots for for decades, tormenting the AFCs. Now you know, you know Miami might you know they're turning a corner. You know they're building something. Here's Buffalo. See you later. It, it's so annoying. Like not they're not just like the team to be in the division, but they're the team to be in the league. Of course, the AFC East has the best team in the league again. Again, there was like what a year gap. Of like, oh, you know, you know, Buffalo's are, are is pretty good, but like, you know, who knows if they're gonna put put it all together? No, they are the team to beat in the FC East and the team to beat in the FC, and it's so annoying. Josh Allen's is a front runner for the MVP. Just how casually he just slings that ball is insane. Obviously, he's physically gifted. He could run with it. He obviously has the strong arm, but. You know, not but, but like, yeah, schematics, you know, yes, they lost Brian Diablo, but I think Ken Dorsey will do just, just fine. You know, um, I think that was a, if they lost Ken Dorsey, I think that would have been a huge, huge blow. Luckily, you know, Buffalo's like, all right, they took off as a coordinator, we'll just promote within. I think Buffalo will be fine, obviously. Uh, Gabriel Davis, I think, it feels like every time we see Gabriel Davis, he has like five catches a game and scores five touchdowns. Like he was wide open every single play. It's like ridiculous. Like where is that defense? Jalen Ramsey got absolutely cooked. Uh, that, yeah, that, you know, imp- that improved defense that the Rams had, you know, adding Bobby Wagner and obviously having, you know, the guys still there, like obviously Aaron Donald and they were getting cooked. They were cooked. And yeah, just, Bad, just bad by the Rams. Buffalo, like I said, are going to be a team to beat. But yeah, the Rams, oof. man, uh, that was bad offensively. That was, oof, that was awful. That was awful. It's definitely, I would say, the worst offensive performance the Rams have had under McVay since the Super Bowl against the Patriots. It just got locked down. Stafford had no time in the pocket. He gets sacked like seven times. Vaughn Miller was having a field day out there. I'm, I'm still not a fan of that contract, but he's still going to have a lot of value those first couple of years. But yeah, but man, it feels like he hasn't lost his step. That old line is going to be it's going to be very worrying. Obviously, losing Andrew Whitworth is going to be a huge loss for them. It really is. And um, yeah, Stafford had no time in the pocket, and even then, when he had, when he was throwing the ball, it seemed like it, he just didn't have the same oomph behind those passes and it was it was pretty unwatchable and obviously he was only targeting Cooper Cup Allen Robinson was a no-show pretty much um Cam Akers was what I don't think he even played it was a it was a a bad performance by the Rams it was a bad performance are they going to be fine yes I would think so maybe a little bit of uh Super Bowl hangover you know and you have you have a Buffalo team that are pissed off you know, choking the game, you know, with 13 seconds left in the divisional round, you know, like they are pissed off and they want to prove their point that 
they're the team to beat. It's a big state. It's a big statement game for Buffalo. It's a really big statement game on prime time uh, in the the first game of the NFL season. So, yeah, I, I, I have the Rams winning. Obviously, I'm, I was wrong. All right, next game never on Sunday. New Orleans Atlanta. Um, Atlanta doesn't matter who's playing, who's the coach. Choking is in their D and freaking A, man. They just was it twenty six to ten in like the third. Like I'm sorry, just how bad is this Falcons? Like they are cursed. Like they are flat out cursed. They just can't. They can't hold on to a lead, man. They just can't. Credit to New Orleans. Look, they were struggling, but they got they got into it. Shout out Dennis Allen, his first win as head coach. Jameis, I thought he played well. Um, obviously, Atlanta did have an sh- opportunity to win the game, but the opportunity got blocked with the uh, you know the kick by Young Way Koo. Night, good win by New Orleans, but Atlanta just once again choking, just choking, just wow, unbelievable. Uh, this game is a game where we can't have nice things. We were all excited to see the Baker Mayfield revenge game against. Obviously, his former team. Uh, oh, by the way, the last game, New Orleans. I had New Orleans winning, so they won. Uh, the Cleveland, Carolina. We all wanted this game to be, you know, Baker's statement game where he, you know, throws for 300 passing yards, two, three touchdowns. Like We wanted a nice just kick in the face by Carolina. And obviously, I think a lot of people don't want Cleveland to be good because of obviously certain moves by quarterbacks that were made. And... Yeah, and also I don't think Jacoby Brissett is that good of a quarterback because I saw him last year and it was pretty, pretty bad. Yeah, it wasn't that game. It just wasn't, and you can't have nice things, like I said, because Carolina lost. And, you know, I would say Cade York, it was a 58-yarder to win that game. I think he could have been good for like 65, 66 yards. He could have easily broken that record, like, that had leg, like that had a lot of leg on that, and uh, we'll get into kicking a little bit throughout the uh, throughout this week. But um, yeah, just and a game. It was a game. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't the prettiest game, but uh, you know, Cleveland they came back. Jacoby did what he had to do, and they won. Cleveland won. I had Carolina winning. I think a lot of people had Carolina winning. I think Matt Rule is could be the first one on the chopping block. I think, and especially now with the new uh, the Nebraska um, head coaching uh, position is open. That was you know Scott Frost being fired in, in college. I, he's a college coach. It, it, Matt Rule it hasn't worked in the NFL. I think he could be on his way out. I think I know they spent a lot of money, but the results haven't been there. He just hasn't gotten it done. He's had, you know, his cycling with with the quarterbacks and all that. It just has not worked at all. And I th- I think his time's coming up soon. It really is. I I think this is going to be his last year in uh, in Carolina unless he miraculously turns it around. So yeah, uh, San Francisco Chicago in a absolute monsoon. That was a football game that happened 
and Chicago won. Uh, Trey Lance did not look great. He did not. Um, wasn't the the prettiest game, but uh, there was a video on Twitter that was circulating that you got to be a little worried about that uh, Trent Williams and Michael McGlinchey, they, uh, they get absolutely torched. Uh, Trey Lance gets sacked, and you just see none of the O-line get pick up Trey Lance, and you see just, yeah, just Trent Williams and Michael McGlinchey just standing there, and McGlinchey just running off the field. It's not good that they're just not even picking up their quarterback. It, it, it's a little, it's a little worrisome. Maybe they, maybe they want Jimmy G. Maybe they think he's getting hard done by, by uh, by San Fran, and um, Trailers has a lot of potential. But he didn't really flash it there. Uh, maybe you can give him a pass because it was a, a shitty just weather. But yeah, I guess the Chicago team, which I've, I'm not sure if I've said it on camera, but on um on the podcast, but I, I maybe I have, but I think they're like the worst team in the league. It's them in Houston are like the worst teams in in the league, in my opinion. And uh, I I think. Justin Fields is going to get uh, – he, it's going to be rough for him. Um, I'm not saying you know, Chicago is going to be winless or whatever, but you know, San Fran, you know, they're a playoff team. You know, they still got good players on the team. But this was uh, this was ugly. This was really, really ugly. So I'm very curious to see what's, uh, what's next for San Fran. And also a big win for Miami because they have their first-round pick. So it's very, very nice indeed. Uh, okay, Pittsburgh's uh, Cincinnati. Um, this was a game. Burrow didn't play that well. He had five turnovers, but still kept them in the game. Jamar uh, Jamar Chase had some had that insane, almost one handed catch. That dude is a, he's that dude. He's insane. And yeah, they somehow were in the game. I think that also shows how not good that Pittsburgh offense is. I've been very critical of of Pittsburgh. Uh, and Mike Tomlin, and especially that offense, because um, that defense is good. It's a good defense. Um, but yeah, that offense, like you have five turnovers, and you know you only had you scored how many points? Twenty three points. It's not good. Like it's not as it's not that great. But Pittsburgh, they always play up the competition, and they always get job. They always get the job done. It's just that winning culture thing, you know. And uh, the art of kicking, as I alluded to, uh, Evan McPherson laces out. Just shanks a 36-yarder. Just sh- absolutely shanks. I know their long snapper was out, so they had to use, like, their backup tight end. And, you know, it was a high snap, and the laces were, yeah. It, it wasn't a great hold, but uh, it was a chip shot. It was a chip shot. And, you know, Boswell had, had, had an opportunity and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah. But Deont- shout out Deontay Johnson with that insane catch. That was like, holy crap. That was insane. But, um, yeah. There was a, a winner, and uh, oh, actually, I think my record might be below uh, five hundred. Actually, because I, yeah, because I had uh, Cincinnati winning, and also last game I had uh, San Francisco winning. So yeah, that's uh, another L for me. Because yeah, that wasn't good. <laughs> not not great position. And here's another continuation of these predictions not being good. Detroit, Philly, I had Detroit winning, and hey, they kept it close. They were fighting. 
they were fighting, but uh, they just came short. Uh, AJ Brown looks like he's going to help it off. I don't think Devontae Smith caught a pass. So, unless he's hurt, I don't think so. But uh, yeah, not great by Detroit. But yeah, shout out AJ Brown. He absolutely balled out. Um, nothing else I have to say. You know, they put up a good fight, Detroit. DeAndre Smith played, a, uh, DeAndre Swift had a really good game. Um, but a good fight just came up short. Just going to leave it at that. Indianapolis, Houston, man. I, I had Indy winning, obviously. They didn't win, but they didn't lose. They tied. I'm just, I'm worried for Indy. I'm really worried. I think we could see, I think Frank Wright could be on the chopping block. I think he's one of those guys on the hot seat. You know, he's been here for a few years now, and there's been a lot of choking. Just a lot of, like, these teams have been pretty good. And, you know, uh, whether it was the, 2020 playoff, the wild card game against Buffalo with the clock management and the play calling, and whether it was last year losing to Jacksonville on the last day, last week of the season, and if you win, you're in against a you know the worst team in the league last year. I think Frank Wright could be on the on could be on the chopping block. I, I think his time could be up. You don't really have a. A future answer at quarterback. It's been veteran guys after veteran guys. You know, can Matt Ryan do the job? I'm not sure. Credit to Houston. You know, they kept it close. You know, they fought. But, um, man, Indy, man. And Rodrigo, Rodrigo Blankenship. The art of kicking, man. What is happening? What is happening? Uh, so, yeah. I, the Colts are going to be a very interesting team to watch very interesting team to watch um so next up i could talk a little bit about this game but we you know we are how long how are we how long are we like 25 minutes and i I do want to quickly chatter go a little bit of a faster pace so new england miami miami baby of course i had miami winning i think they're they're the better team i've been talking about how much they're a better team than new england i've been gassing them up a little bit but you know that's just me being excited for this new coach and I do think New England are just not a good team anymore. I think they're on the downhill, especially offensively. They have Joe Judge and Matt Patricia calling plays, and it's that two-co-offensive coordinator system that Miami did last year, and it failed miserably. And But, of course, another Patriots guy had to do it again, and it's, you know, Brian Flores did it. Bill Belichick's doing it. It really makes no sense. That offense was putrid by New England. It was a bad offense. Miami absolutely locked them down. They have that team is oh, I and I, I'm not gonna lie. Miami didn't they I'm not gonna lie, they kind of were like, all right, Mac, I dare you to throw the ball. They didn't blitz them a whole lot. They didn't really get after them a whole lot. I think they might have like one or two sacks. They didn't they they didn't really scare him like as like putting a bunch of pressure on his face. They were like, I dare you to throw the ball. I dare you. And they weren't, yeah, they, th- that offensive wasn't aggressive, like wasn't crazy aggressive. And uh, they only held them to seven points and probably should have been zero because of a awful legal touching call, but that's whatever. Uh, that Miami offense, that's uh, a little more exciting than that Patriots offense, huh? Um, Tua, I thought he played pretty well. You know, he, you know, had some really nice throws and stuff, but, you know, there was some of the decision making and him holding the ball a little too long and, you know, sometimes when he's uh, a little, when he's running sideline to sideline, when he's off balance, he he does a little too much. He needs to, you know, 
he needs to improve that. I feel like he does, like I said, he does a little too much. And sometimes he just has to throw the ball away and not take sacks and stuff like that. Because sometimes it gets a little, it got a little scared. And also it's like, oh, dude, like, I don't want you to get hurt too. Simple as that. But Tyree Kill, ho, 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 my God. That is a spark plug that I've, I haven't seen one in. Oh, my God. He's going to be a fun player to watch. I don't think Miami's had a, an electric, electrifying player on their offense since probably, I would say, Ricky Williams. Like, prime Ricky Williams. And that's, like, 20 years ago. Like, it's, it's insane. Like, this guy is going to be insane. It was a lot of fun to watch. And that fourth and seventh call, man, the boss, the cojones, the onions of Mike McDaniel to trust his offense. That is just, even if they didn't get it, the trust that he had in that offense to be like, go get those yards. Because I know for sure Flores last year and that offense last year, they would punt. There's no way in hell. But the cojones to not only go for and they get the long touchdown to Jalen Waddle. Oh my God, it was beautiful. Beautiful. I loved it. McDaniel outcoached Belichick. And honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I think that Belichick's legacy has been going, has been going uh, in a bit of a downward trajectory. So yeah, I would love to go to kind of like go off a little bit on Belichick. But like I said, we I do want to wrap this up a little bit, so I'm going to go a little bit of a faster pace. But Miami, I'm excited. There's some things to improve on, for sure, but there's some exciting ideas there. Baltimore, New York Jets. I had Baltimore. The Jets are unwatchable, especially with Joe Flacco as your quarterback. Uh, it's going to be interesting with Lamar. Obviously, his contract negotiations have fallen through, but it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be a, still going to be a lot of fun. I think he's going to, he's, I think he's going to ball out and go crazy. He's going to ask for all tons and tons of money. Uh, but yeah, they did what they had to do. They beat a Jets team that I say all the time. It's not that good. I don't care. You know, all my Jeff fan uh, friends and everyone's been all been just hyping up the Jets. You guys are still the Jets, man. You guys aren't good. Salah, as much as I liked Salah at the time and that hire, it's it's not working out, man. I I think Salah's another one on the hot seat. For sure. Um, that offense is unwatchable. It really is. They haven't developed well. Joe Flacco, why is he on the field? He shouldn't. They need a spark plug. Mark, Mike White, Chris Traveler, anything. It's uh, it, That offense is unwatchable. And that defense is okay. Eh. Yeah, they're not going to be too hot. It's going to be a while for them. Jacksonville, Washington. I had Washington winning, and they won. And uh, they Came out to a nice early lead. They kind of let Jacksonville come back, but they were able to get the job done. Jahan Dotson, look at that. That dude. I really like Jahan Dotson. If Miami had a, had their first round pick, I would have either preferred him or Traylon, Traylon Burks, who got picked by Tennessee. We'll get into that game uh, up next. But um, obviously, there was that uh, picture circulating with the, the, the mug with the commander's logo. And instead of being, you know, Maryland, it's Washington State, you know, out on the West Coast. Just get rid of Dan Schneider. That that fan base deserves a lot better. And also Washington Commanders. That name still sucks. I don't. That, that name sucks. If I was owner, I would just burn that name. It's awful. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. 
But there's a fun, there was a cool video um of the fans leaving the game and they were just chanting, they were going crazy. Really, really cool. Like that just shows that like they get winning and stuff, they'll show up. But ownership and the front off, like it's just been a it's been a mess for decades. And hopefully soon with the whole SEC sort of investigation sort of uh linger in the background for uh Mr. Schneider, hopefully that can lead to changes. So yeah. Next, Giants, Tennessee. I Tennessee winning. Um hey, credit to the Giants. Uh, that when they the, the first two drives by uh, the Giants in Tennessee, I was like, all right, another ass whooping. This offense is nothing, not that impressive for the Giants, and that defense was getting carved up. But uh, hey, credit to the Giants, they locked down Tennessee. And yes, Tennessee aren't as good as last year. They're going to take a bit of a step back, but credit to them going away and just shutting them out the second half and just and putting out an awesome comeback. Some really, really cool drives. Some really nice play calling by uh, Mike Kafka because uh, uh, Dable doesn't call the plays there. But some nice play calling, I would say, really using Daniel Jones's legs and stuff like that. Like, that's good use of Daniel Jones. And, hey, another coach that trusts his offense and trusts the players going for two and doing that that shuffle pass that Kansas City always does. Hey, credit to them. Credit, credit to the Giants. And uh, got a little scary with the, the missed field goal at the end. Uh, but they held off. Like the first time they had a running record in God knows how long. It's been like six seasons. Six, seven years. Jesus. But good on you, Giants. Good on you. Kansas City, Arizona. Uh, Kansas City just absolutely walloped Arizona. Arizona have had... Don't like uh, Cliff Kingsbury as a, as a head coach. I think he's another one that's going to be on the hot seat. I would he would have been I would have fired him last year. I don't think he's good. He's that good of a coach defensively. They are they stink. They've just filed stink on defense. And I think Kyler Murray. You saw Jason Brown, the uh, former head coach, and he was on the last chance. You he got fired due to you know some certain things. If you want to look it up, you can go ahead. I'm not going to say, but he's you know. But uh, he broke it down on TikTok, sort of, you know, making fun of when Kyler signed that contract extension, there was that uh, film study clause where he had to, you know, watch a certain amount of film. And and obviously that's, you know, it, 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 it kind of caught a lot of people's eyes. Like, he has a what clause? But uh, he kind of broke it down a certain play where Kyler is not even looking at one side of the ball and – uh, there's a a defender, the Chiefs defender, sort of like lingering on on the on the left, and Kyler doesn't even look that way. So it's kind of him saying like, I think Kyler is obviously physically gifted, obviously not height wise, but you know he's he can run. He still has an, a very good arm, but it seems like meant the mental sort of like putting that extra work into realizing and looking pre snap there might have been a reason why there was a there was that clause in where he had to watch a little bit more film that's all i gotta say um but i can't see the other thing uh five touches by Mahomes. shout isaiah pacheco uh Rutgers alum uh with uh, i believe he also had a touchdown too i i, I won my fantasy league 
So that's cool. I can't see winning that game. Uh, Vegas Chargers. I didn't watch a whole lot of that game. I kind of went back and forth a little bit. But um, Chargers looked pretty good. Derek Carr didn't have the greatest game. Had, what, three interceptions, three turnovers or whatever. But I uh, thought they had a nice game. Um, but I'm going to be still curious to see what Vegas is with uh, Josh McDaniels. I've never been the big fan of McDaniels, but we'll see what happens there. And obviously the Chargers. So sort of that overly aggressive stuff with uh, play calling with uh, Staley going for and stuff like that. Um, but um, this will be interesting. This will be obviously a, a team that a lot of people could be making a push for the playoffs. Oh, well, not the playoffs, but well, yeah, still got still got to make the playoffs, but um, make a run to the Super Bowl. But uh, apparently Keenan Allen is injured, so he may or might not play next week. So we'll have to see about that. Green Bay, Minnesota. I didn't watch a whole lot of game two. I had Green Bay winning. I had Chargers winning last game. Um, but um, Green Bay. First off, credit to Minnesota. They played a hell of a game plan. Uh, that I think they're so happy that Mike Zimmer's out of the picture. They were, they were just absolutely just air raid, throw the ball downfield. It was a lot, a lot of fun. Justin Jefferson went off. Just he's like, that's why he's one of the best wide receivers in the game. A lot, a lot of fun there for Minnesota. If you're a Minnesota fan. Awesome. Congrats. Enjoy this win. Shout out Kevin O'Connell. Green Bay, man. I think Rodgers is going to be, I think he's fed up. I think he's, I think he might be done. The team's gotten worse. Obviously the whole, and he was pissed off when uh, I think Christian Watson, he dropped that easy touchdown pass. It's uh, it's going to be a rough one in my opinion for Green Bay. I think they'll be fine, but they don't have the weapons. The O line, nah. it's not. It doesn't look that great. And also, Matt Lafleur, I don't still don't rate as a head coach. I don't think he's that great anyway. So they're gonna be a fast, fascinating case study. That's for sure. It'll be very fascinating because kind of saw some uh, those Aaron Rodgers tendencies out there. Uh, next, we got. Uh, Dallas, uh, Tampa Bay. I'm going to rush a little bit through because we've been here for like 40 minutes. Uh, Tampa Bay looked okay, I guess. You know, Brady, uh, I think I think he's, he's going to be retiring. I think he's going to retire soon. Um, it just doesn't look too hot for for them. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really worried for them, for sure. Dallas, man, um, you want to talk about a, a lifeless team on offense? Yeah, I think they're going to make a move soon for a quarterback. Dak Prescott obviously being out. It just doesn't look too hot for them. It really doesn't. And, um, yeah, I'm, that's what I got to say. It was a pretty dull game, in my opinion. Really, really dull. Uh, I had Tampa Bay winning. Uh, Dennis, uh, and, obviously, uh, Monday night, Denver, uh, Seattle. Uh, the only thing I'll say is credit to uh, Geno Smith and Seattle. I don't know why they were booing uh, Russell Wilson because that's really, really dumb. Like, What? And then uh, Denver, what the hell are you doing? You had a minute left of three timeouts, fourth and f- fourth and five, and you're taking the ball out of your $250 million quarterback that you just signed? Like, what are you doing? That was embarrassing. It was absolutely embarrassing. It was terrible, terrible clock management by, by, Nathan- by uh, Nathaniel Hackett and opting to kick a 64-yard field goal. It was dumb. It was stupid. Like, really, really dumb. Everyone saw from a mile away. You let all that time run out to not and to only call, what, one timeout? You save all your timeouts, and you use it there? Idiotic. It is so dumb. I had Denver winning. 
so dumb. So, so dumb. Oh, my God. That was that was infuriating, actually. Very, very infuriating. Obviously, they lost. So, I was 7-8-1 that first week, I want to say. So, um, not ideal. Compared to last year, last year, like, week one, I did very, very well. But, um, yeah, not too hot. All right. Um, let's go rapid fire on my predictions last year, uh, this uh, week two, and then we'll uh, wrap it up from there. All right. Uh, Chargers versus Kansas City. I got Kansas City back at home. Miami-Baltimore. Baltimore's had a few injuries. I'm going Miami. I'm running the high hand. I don't care. I don't care. Uh, Jets-Cleveland. I have Cleveland winning, um, especially with if Flacco starting or whatever. I still think Cleveland will win. They have that, they have that ugly uh, midfield uh, elf thing. That's ugly, terrible. Washington-Detroit. I have Detroit winning. I think they'll rebound and get the job done. Indianapolis-Jacksonville. I do think they, they get the – Indy has to win. They, they have to win. I'm going to Indy. Tampa Bay, New Orleans. New Orleans has been sort of Tampa Bay's kryptonite. I'm going New Orleans. Carolina, uh, New York Giants. I'm going Giants on this one. I'm going Giants. Uh, they'll be back at home. Uh, New England, Pittsburgh. I'm going Pittsburgh. I think, yeah, like I said, New England. Yeah, um, I'm not feeling New England. Pittsburgh, they'll be back home, so fans will be rowdy. Atlanta to uh, L.A. with the Rams. I got the Rams uh, rebounding after their pretty bad performance. On Thursday, Seattle, San Francisco. I got San Fran re, uh, rebounding uh, back at home. Cincinnati, Dallas. I have Cincinnati. They play. They should play a, a cleaner game. And uh, Dallas. Who knows what the quarterback situation is there? Uh, Houston, uh, Denver. I do think Denver rebounds once again. I don't think Houston are still that good of a team. And like I said, Denver will be back home. Arizona, Vegas. I'm going Vegas. I'm I'm worried with Arizona. I do think Vegas. Once again, back at home, you know, get the crowd going there. Chicago, Green Bay. I don't race Chicago. Green Bay will be back at home. Uh, I don't remember the last time Chicago was being Green Bay at home. Uh, Green Bay at Lambeau, so I'm going Green Bay. Tennessee, Buffalo. I'm going Buffalo. I'm really worried about Tennessee. And Buffalo are obviously, you know, favorites to win everything. Then Minnesota, Philly. I got Minnesota, Ryan the high hand, going to Philly and getting the job done. Right, those are my week two predictions, and that's that's going to be it. I think we went for about like 40, 45 minutes, so not terrible, but maybe next time I need to work on my, uh, let's say, my uh, pacing a bit. But, you know, this is our, our first go-around. This is the first time of me running solo, so it should get better than this. All right, guys, thank you guys so much for listening, for tuning in. Uh, go check our Twitter at ToastInTheMorning1. And then check out our our uh, TikTok at uh, toast underscore in the morning, and also our Instagram at toast in the morning. Thank you guys so much for uh, listening. Really, really do appreciate it. And uh, I'll leave you with this: uh, two was better than Mac. I don't care. I said it all along, and I was right. So, see you later. Bye bye. Yeah. Yeah. So cool.